0: Amen, I've um, entitled this message this morning, Chosen by Grace, Chosen by Grace, and as we move closer to the Jewish Passover, and as we move closer to Easter, we just want to remember that Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, was slain, was crucified, he was the light, that was ignored he was the way that was rejected and he was the one that was despised and so that's the Lord Jesus Christ and as we um, now look at three things, the first thing I want you to see this morning is a weeping people Jesus speaks To a group of people around him. Now I never preached on these words before. Look at these words that we have here. Jesus turned and said to them. Daughters of Jerusalem. Do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say. Blessed are the childless women. The womb that never bore. And the breasts that never nursed. Jesus was going to the cross. And as he was going to the cross, there was a group of people around him. Some of them being women. But they were around him. And as they were looking at Jesus, they began to weep and they began to cry. And as they began to weep and cry, Jesus turned around to them and he said these words to them. Daughters of Jerusalem. Okay, do you understand? But um, if you're getting too upset, you can always go into the other room and, and have a time there, okay? Okay. Jesus turned to the women around him and he said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, weep for yourselves and for your children. Jesus rebuked the women who were weeping around the cross. The question is, why did he say to them, do not weep for me? Why did he turn around and said to them, do not cry for me? Well, there was two reasons. The first was this. Jesus was predicting something that's going to... Yeah, I think you might need to go into the other room. Is that okay? Well,
1: we still love him.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love him. He might, him. might not love me, but I love him. Okay, someone can look after that lady and take care of her. Okay, thanks very much, um, Esther and Jeff. Yeah, thanks, Keith. Okay, back to what I was saying. Jesus turned around and said to these women around him, Do not weep for me. Question is, why did he say that? Now, the reason why he said it was for two reasons. The first is this Jesus was predicting. Something that was going to happen 40 years time from this time. Something terrible was going to happen in Jerusalem. And Jesus was saying that the Romans are going to surround Jerusalem. And when they surround Jerusalem, they're going to take the temple and they're going to completely and totally destroy the temple. And when that happens, the Roman soldiers will have no mercy on women. They will have no mercy on children. They will have no mercy on old men or young men. When they when they attack Jerusalem 40 years after Jesus died, they will completely destroy the temple. And so Jesus says to them, do not weep for me, because a time is coming where you will have to weep for yourselves. It's going to be a terrible time. The Roman authorities is going to destroy Jerusalem. And there's going to be a lot of weeping, a lot of crying. So Jesus says, do not weep for me, weep for yourselves. That's the first reason. But surely there's another reason Why Jesus mentioned about "Do not weep for me," and I believe this does not only apply to the women that was around the cross, but I believe it applies to all of us. You see, many of us, and I'm included, many of us can weep when we see a wonderful painting of Christ being crucified. Don't know about you, but. um, a man called Reuben painted this wonderful painting of Jesus being taken down from the cross. I was walking in the um, cemetery over in, um, in East London, the big one there. And I was walking through there and it had a, a huge uh, marble statue of the cross. Some man who lost his son... At a young age, in the, in the First or Second World War, he, he, he had this thing built. It was Ruben's um, painting that he had built of Jesus being taken down from the cross. I stood there for many moments, moved emotionally. It was not very hard for me to be moved, really. I mean, I cried at Finding Nemo. I cried at Toy Story 1 and 2. So it's not very very easy for me to be moved. But when I was looking at that picture. And I was looking at the cross of Jesus Christ. I was moved. And you know what? We all can feel the same way. We can watch Mel Gibson's movie on the passion. And when we watch that. We are moved to tears. We can watch ben Hers film with bits of Christ in it. And when we see when Jesus was being beaten and, and bruised, tears can well up into our eyes. It's very easy for us to look and to see what Jesus went through and to be moved emotionally. Very easily. But Jesus turns around and he says, Do not weep for me. You look at a, a, a wonderful painting by an Italian artist, or you look at a, a film depicting Jesus on the cross, and Jesus will tell you this morning do not weep for me. Question is He turns around and he says that don't weep for me, but you know what? You need to weep for your own sin that's what you need to weep for do not weep for me but you need to weep for yourselves what do I mean well let's look at Peter for example remember Peter he denied Jesus and we read of him look what he says I preached on this a few weeks ago and he went outside and wept bitterly why did Peter weep did he weep did he cry because Jesus was arrested no did he weep and cry because Jesus was crucified? No. Did he weep and cry because Jesus was being punched and spat on? No. Why did he weep? I'll tell you why. He wept because of his own sin. That's why he cried. He denied Jesus. Not once, not twice, but three times. And the third time when he denied Christ, the Bible says he went out and he wept bitterly. Because of his own sin. Peter had to turn around and say with the apostle Paul, wretched man I am. That's what he had to say. Wretched man, how can I deny Christ? And that's why he wept. Wretched man, he says. He had to agree with the um, prophet Isaiah when the Isaiah said, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live amongst a people of unclean lips. He had to agree with Isaiah. Not because Jesus was being crucified. But because there was sin. In his life. I don't need to. Take you so much to the Bible. Because I've seen it here at Golding's Church. I've seen. Some of you will recognize. Um, our brother Jeff is. In the church somewhere. I remember his, his baptism. I've never seen a baptism like it all my life. Someone standing in front of a crowded church. And all he could do. Was weep. And in his testimony. He said. These words. When I think of Jesus. And I know what he did for me. All the suffering. And the pain he took for someone like me. It's overwhelming. Was his words. Overwhelming. Because of his great sin. Because he realized that he was wicked. Because he realized he rebelled against God. That is why a man or a woman. Should weep. But I want to say this this morning. I think the greatest failure of the church. In the 21st century. The greatest problem of the church. Is that. People do not weep over sin anymore. The greatest problem, I'm telling you this now, in the 21st century of this church is that people do not weep, do not cry over sin. In fact, you living in a day, not only in the church, but in our society, people are bold when it comes to sin, not ashamed. And even in the church, where men and women ought to be weeping, men and women ought to be crying over sin, people do not shed a tear. These women around Jesus was weeping, they were wailing, they were crying, but Jesus turned around to them and said to them, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and your children. Weep for yourselves. Let me first, before I speak to you, let me first speak to myself. Let me first speak to pastors. Let me speak first to preachers. And vicars, whoever you want to call. Let me first speak to men who stand in this place where I'm standing this morning. Let me speak to myself. Because this is what the Bible says to Joel. Let the priest who minister before the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people. What the Bible is saying to ministers and the preachers, you men who stand in the pulpit between the porch and the altar you men who preach weep that's what the Bible is saying weep we ministers are too busy trying to be businessmen too busy trying to get bums on seats too busy counting the pound coins at the back Of the church to make sure we got enough. Too busy making ourselves fat. Instead of weeping for the church. But God turns around to pastors. God turns around to teachers. God turns around to preachers. To men like me. And God says to them. You need to start weeping. Why? Why? Why do I need to start weeping? Says the pastors and the preachers. Why? Why should people say? Why should they say among the people? Where is their God? I tell you why pastors should weep. Because God is not in the house. That's why. I should tell you why preachers should be weeping because God is not in their churches. Instead of weeping, what you find pastors doing? Sitting around a table speaking about how we can have homosexual priests in the ministry. How we can cater for our society and do what they want us to do. That's what ministers are doing today. Instead of weeping for the lost sheep, they're talking about how to make gay priests be preachers in the church. That is why the Bible says to preachers, never mind the congregation, me, I have to preach to myself. I have to say to myself, is God in this house it's God in this place if he's not in this place then I should be on my face before the living God weeping and praying and people are saying where is their God that's what I should be doing I need to preach to myself this morning I'm so glad that Grant rang me up Saturday morning and said Jerry we need to pray and as we sat in a car praying, a passion for souls came upon me. I should be weeping. But I may start with the preacher, but I'm not going to finish with him. Because the Bible doesn't finish with the preacher. It turns around to the people in the pews. Look what it says here. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. With fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. The people who sit in chairs in the church. The people who come on a Sunday morning. Your sin has separated you from God. Says the Bible. So many people come to church half-heartedly. So many come to church in order to get... What they want from the church. But I want to tell you this morning. The church is barren. From men and women who weep. Our eyes are always dry. We have no pain. No sorrow over our sin anymore. We sin throughout the week. And we say oh never mind. I'll go to church. And it will be all forgotten about. But there's no tears. No weeping. No crying over our sin. And God speaks to his church. And God speaks to his people. And he says, even now, return to me. With weeping and fasting and praying. Come back, says God. Come back to me. But not only did Jesus say it to the women. He turned to the women and he said to the women... Do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves. But he also says, weep for your children. (laughs) Don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves. But not only for yourselves, but weep for your children. Only a few weeks I've been told that a man over a young man embarking was only in his early 20s was shot dead in his car. Talking to my friend Jimmy Tibbs showed me a paper where a young man was stabbed to death while he was on the floor. Four or five people in the news heard even this week a young man is Incredible, I think it is, fighting for his life, A as asylum seeker who a group of people saw him and kicked him so badly that he's bleeding all over his brain and he's in a critical condition in hospital. I want to tell you this morning, we have teenagers in this church who's weeping for the teenagers here. Who's praying for the young people here. Who knows how evil and dangerous it is out there. Who knows how wicked the drugs and the sex and the violence is out there. And we need to weep. Praying for the young people. Jesus says, do not weep for me. Oh, you turn on the television and you cry because I'm on the cross. Don't weep for me, says Jesus. Weep for yourselves and for your children. That's what Jesus says. Time is coming, my dear friends, that it's so, so difficult in our society to be a Christian. Everything's against us. Every film you watch, every program you see is full of homosexuality and sex and fornication. Everything is coming against the Christian mind. But that's why the church needs to weep because there's so much darkness around us. But instead, what do we find churches doing? We find churches relaxing. Peace, peace. Let's worry about our roof. Let's worry about our chairs. Let's worry about our building. Let's worry about whether the guitar is played loud or softly. Let's worry about if the preacher shouts or whispers. Let's worry about all other things. But let us not weep because that is too much hard work. But Jesus says at the time of his crucifixion, Jesus says as he's going to the cross, Jesus speaks as he's just about to be nailed. He turned to the women and those around him and he said, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves because of your sin. Weep for your children because of the danger that they're going to be in. Weep and pray. I have to say, God laid this message on my heart. It's a serious message. It's a serious word. I'm not surprised that the enemy doesn't want me to deliver this message to you today. Because he wants you to remain sleeping. He wants you to remain dry eyed. Don't worry about your sin. Just brush it under the carpet. It's okay. You know, you can have grace for that and forgiveness for that. Don't weep for it. No, 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 no. God says no. Look squarely at your sin and cry out to God for mercy. That's the message Jesus has given to these women, to these men around the cross. I need to move on because time is against me. So, a weeping people that's what we need to be the second thing I believe that the Lord wants us to see today is a chosen people a chosen people as you can see we turn our attention now to these two men who were on the cross, we see him here it was in our reading, two other men both criminals were also led out with him to be executed when they came to the place called the Skull. They crucified him there, that's Jesus, along with the criminals. One on his right, the other on his left. Let's turn our attention for a moment towards these two men. We read that Jesus was mocked by everybody. There was four groups of people who mocked Jesus. Look at them. The first one is this. Those who passed by, just the ordinary people walking by the cross, they looked up and they held insult at him, shaking their heads and saying, you are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. First group of people. Then they went away. Then the second group, the religious group of people. Look at the religious ones. The the chief priests and the the teachers of the law, they walked by in the same way the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. The religious lot came by and mocked him ain't finished yet. third group came by. Look at the soldiers. They came by. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine, vinegar, and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Three groups. They ain't finished yet. Fourth group. The men on the cross. Look at them. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him aren't you the Christ in fact over in the um, Matthew's gospel it actually starts off with both of them was hurling insults at him the temptation my friends must have been great for Jesus he's on the cross and the people walking by the religious lot walking by the soldiers walking by, the men on the cross with him, also hurling insult at him, the temptation for Jesus to open his mouth and say, Lord, send the angels, must have been great. For the Bible said that he can just had a prayer and that God will have stopped it right there. The temptation, the devil was still trying to defeat Christ on the cross. He wanted Christ to obey him rather than to obey God. And everybody around held insults at him. But if Jesus had of succumbed to that temptation, if he had have succumbed, then those who walk by will be going to hell this morning those religious leaders would be separated from God. Those soldiers would have had an eternity in hell. Those criminals on the cross would have ended up in the place of burning. If Christ had succumbed to their temptation, if Christ had succumbed to their wishes, none of us Would have made it into glory. None of us. But Jesus held his peace. And everybody was mocking him. Everybody was turning insult at him. Jesus held his peace. And as he held his peace. We see a change. There was a change. What was the change? Everybody was mocking him. Everybody, including the soldiers, the religious people, the people walking by, even the criminals on the cross were mocking him, but there was a change. What was the change? Well, we read it here again. It says, aren't you the Christ, save yourself. We are, sorry, one of the criminals who hung there held insult out here, aren't you the Christ, save yourselves and us. It was then the other criminal said. We are punished justly. For we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man. Has done nothing wrong. He started off. Hurling insults. But as they hung there. Something changed. In this man. This man who was on the cross. Something Happened to him. He. Began to see. Something different in Jesus. And so he said. Later on. Then he said Jesus. Remember me. When you come into your kingdom. This man began to see. That there's going to be a resurrection. After this time. He began to see. That this one who is in the middle. This one Jesus. Is actually a king. I don't know how he saw it. How did he see a man beaten and bloodied and whipped and died. And yet he says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. How? That's the question. Well, Jesus mentions, gives us the answer earlier on. Because there's another man called Peter who said something. Jesus, we say to Peter, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. Now, Jesus is speaking to Peter a couple of years ago, and Peter had a revelation of who Jesus was. And then Jesus turned around and said to Peter, Peter, blessed are you. This was not revealed to you by man. Flesh and blood did not reveal it to you, but God did. Now we come fast forward to the cross. And here's the criminal. Nailed to the cross. He looks across. And somehow. He begins to see Jesus is different. He looks across. And he sees Christ. Not as a Jew that had been beaten. A criminal. No. He sees Jesus. As the son of God. A king. And he says. Remember me. Because. Reveal to him who Jesus was. Now, the question is this why him and not the other guy? That must be the question. Why did God choose to reveal it to him and not to the other man? Both of them were criminals, both of them were robbers, both of them were being crucified for their crimes. Why did God decide to reveal truth to one and not to the other? First of all, listen to this. God wants to show mercy to everybody. That's what we need to know. Look at what it says here. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance that is what God wants he wants everyone to come to repentance but when the Bible says for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever let me stop there, people forget that word you know whosoever Yes, God loves the world. He loves everybody. Don't get God wrong. But in that verse, there's a whosoever in that verse. And what God is saying here to you this morning is that there are some who God will choose to be saved. Ah, oh, I don't like that, Pastor. How can you say that God choose people to be saved? I'm the one who do the choosing. I decide what holiday we go to. I decide what house we buy. I decide what car we drive. And if I want Jesus, well, I will decide that I want Jesus. How do you mean that he has to choose me? I don't believe that. I don't agree with that. No, 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 no. I will do the choosing. Thank you very much. God doesn't agree with you. Because God turns around and he says, you did not choose me. Let me say that again. You do not choose me. It's I who do the choosing. Some of you are here this morning and yes, God has chosen you. You have responded to the gospel. But there's others sitting here this morning who are not chosen by God. They happen to be in church. And they think, oh, being in church is nice. But they're not chosen by God. What do you say? I'm sitting in church, I'm not chosen by God? What do you mean? I mean this. If you do not respond to the love of Jesus Christ. If your heart is not moved what he did for you on the cross. If you don't have the Holy Spirit coming upon you, giving you a revelation and an understanding that your sin is so great, and if you do not turn to God, you will be lost forever. If you don't have that understanding, I'm telling you, you are not chosen. Listen to what Isaiah say. It also says it in Romans, I reveal myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call on my name, I said, here am I, here am I. I'm the one who is seeking. I'm the one whos seeking i am the one who is revealing myself. I'm the one who's making myself known. You do not choose me. Now that's not a pop- popular message. You preach that in many churches, you empty it pretty quickly. I want to be a person who'd make my choices. But God said, no, 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 no. I will choose you myself. Two criminals on that cross. Both of them. Both of them criminals. Both of them robbers. Both of them going to hell. But God, in his mercy, in his grace... In his compassion. Decided to take one of them out from hell. Decided to snatch just one. From the grave. Just one. God decided himself. And this man was revealing. God revealed to him. That Jesus was a king. And after the cross. It's going to be the resurrection. Revealed it to him. And he said. Jesus. Remember me. When I come. When you come. Into Your kingdom. How can I be chosen? I want to be chosen, somebody says. I want to be, I want to respond. How can I be chosen? Let me tell you how. Simple. Respond to his love. That's it. Respond to his love. Because you can only do that. By the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon you and causing you to respond to his love. My prayer for you as a church is that you will be one of the few Christians who begin to weep over your sins again. To go back to that day when you first became a Christian maybe. And tears well up because you realize that you have sinned against God. to, To come back to that place where sin matters to you. It matters to God. And it should matter to you once again. And you will come to him and say, oh God, oh God. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Thank you for choosing me. I don't deserve to be chosen. In fact, I deserve hell every single time. But oh God, thank you for choosing me. That I might be a man, I might be a woman, destined to glory. God in the resurrection, I will see you face to face. That's what I desire, oh God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for choosing me. I don't deserve it. And that is what the criminal would have said when he got to heaven that day when he walked into glory and he saw Christ in heaven he would have said I don't deserve this I've been a criminal all my life i had done nothing to earn this but in my dying breath God revealed to me who you were and now all eternity I have to worship you, is that you this morning will you be that criminal on that cross this morning, I know that's where I want to be, I don't want to be among the religious law, no no, 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 don't want to be amongst the crowd don't want to be amongst the soldiers no, I want to be amongst men and women like that criminal who saw something that no one else saw, a king on the cross go into his kingdom let us pray